Welcome to the Gather Houston podcast. We are a Christian community practicing the way of Jesus in all parts of life and for the good of all people. Thank you for joining us today. Hi, Gather family. My name is Kalina Anderson. I have been attending Gather for about a year and a half. Um, Josh asked if I would speak last year on Philippians, and so I was really thankful and honored to be invited to speak again. Um, And so thank you for having me. We are spending a year with Jesus, going through his teachings and his life, and we started off this year with the Sermon on the Mount in Matthew. If you've missed out on any of the weeks, here's a quick recap. Josh started us off in Matthew 5 with the Beatitudes, where we were reminded that we are treasured. We don't have to do anything or be any sort of way to be accepted by God. We learned that we are the light of the world. It's not something we have, it's our state of being. We don't have to hide or pretend. We are invited to be our full, our authentic self. We saw Jesus critique religious fundamentalism, which can focus on an outer performance. And alternatively, um, Jesus offers us a way of true transformation, starting from the inside. Andre spoke on prayer, how it is about presence, residing in the thin spaces of communion with the divine. And last week, Josh talked about worry, that it isn't inherently bad, but it's something that we can meet with acceptance and examination, with gratitude, wonder, and love for this present moment. So all of that has led us to this moment today, Matthew 7, 13 through 23. Jesus is almost at the end of his sermon, and he's about to take everything he's spoken spoken on up to this point and tie it all together. So what I'll do is I'll read the 10 verses and then I'll pray for us. So this is Matthew 7, 13 through 23. Enter through the narrow gate, for wide is the gate and broad is the road that leads to destruction, and many enter through it. But small is the gate and narrow the road that leads to life, and only a few find it. Watch out for false prophets. They come to you in sheep's clothing, but inwardly they are ferocious wolves. By their fruit, you will recognize them. Do people pick grapes from thorn bushes or figs from thistles? Likewise, every good tree bears good fruit, but a bad tree bears bad fruit. A good tree cannot bear bad fruit, and a bad tree cannot bear good fruit. Every tree that does not bear good fruit is cut down and thrown into the fire. Thus, by their fruit, you will recognize them. Not everyone who says to me, Lord, Lord, will enter the kingdom of heaven, but only the one who does the will of my Father who is in heaven. Many will say to me on that day, Lord, Lord, did we not prophesy in your name and in your name drive out demons and in your name perform many miracles? Then I will tell them plainly, I never knew you away from me, you evildoers. Let me pray for us. God, help us to be present in this moment with you and the word you've given us. Let us be open to hear and see all the things that you are about in your love. Amen. A minister friend of mine uh, 
helped me to see something about this passage that I, I had a blind spot to, honestly, that I just want to bring up right at the start. This passage is often isolated away from the rest of the Sermon on the Mount and used to ostracize and demonize people who aren't Christians. It's used to shame and scare people into separating themselves from others with different faith traditions, beliefs, and ideas with the prominence of purity and holiness. They become the ferocious wolves ready to kill your faith, and we are the innocent sheep. It's also been used to glorify and to encourage people to suffer for their faith. Jesus said that the way is narrow, so if it's hard or if it's painful or if it's uncomfortable, then you're doing it right. You're on the right path. I just wanna go ahead and nip all of that in the bud. This is not suffering theology. If you've heard our sermons in the past, we've talked about how suffering and hurt are realities of living on this earth. But Jesus never asks us to suffer for him in order to love him or to be loved by him. This is also not about isolationism to move us away from engaging with the rest of the world. There is a call to a new way of living marked by the presence of Jesus. And Jesus gives the context to this new way in his teachings. So if this passage has ever been used to scare you, to manipulate you, to hurt you, I'm sorry. That is not the way of Jesus. And I hope that this message comes as good news to you and gives you hope. So, Matthew 7. Jesus loves a contrast, <laughs> and this passage is full of them. There's good and bad fruit, there's destruction and life, many and few. And he starts off by describing two different paths of roads and gates, narrow and broad in verses 13 through 14. Narrow and broad roads and gates. His audience at the time would have firsthand knowledge and experience of the gates and roads that he's talking about. So when you entered a city, there, was, there were paths and gates that were heavily trafficked. So they were wider to accommodate the volume of usage. They were commonly known and accessible. And then there were other paths and gates that still led to the city, but they were smaller less used, less known, a little harder to find. It is not random or by accident that Jesus uses, uses these images directly following everything that he's taught on. He's not talking about literal paths and gates, but instead the way of living and a new way of life. So there's one way that doesn't require much from you. You can be comfortable, it's familiar, choices are easier on this path, and the way is popular. You'll be a part of the status quo. But Jesus says that this path leads to destruction. Conversely, there's a way of living that 
is harder because it requires effort and intention. You have to want to take this path. It's uncomfortable and more will be asked from you. And because it's not easy, it's less popular. It's countercultural. This way, Jesus says, is the way that leads to life. He even gives us examples of these two paths throughout his sermon. So the easy way is trying to work toward or earn your belonging or your worthiness. The hard way is accepting your true identity as treasured and simply rest. The easy way is praying and giving to those in need with one eye looking, looking for an audience and the other eye looking for a reward. The hard way is being honest with your motivations and offering your resources and your gifts with quiet humility. The easy way is making elaborate promises to prove your trustworthiness. The hard way is being essential with your word. The easy way is to give excuses for your wandering eyes because her skirt is too short, her blouse is too low, or her figure is too suggestive. The hard way is to gouge out your eye. But more practically, uh, doing the intentional internal work of acknowledging and owning up to how you view and treat others, especially and specifically those who have less power than you. What's easy is performing, never going deeper than what is curated for others to see. What's hard is digging up the hidden, hidden things and bringing it to the surface for examination. In making this path uh, harder to find and follow, Jesus warns us about false prophets. He describes them as ferocious wolves in sheep's clothing. And I don't know about you, whenever I, I read this passage and I, I see that description, I instantly have this image of um, cartoon wolves with like little sheep onesies on. It's very cute. But I wanna like really emphasize here that Jesus is talking about people actual people who will present themselves as safe, as familiar, innocent, and trustworthy. But their intentions are to deceive, consume, and exploit for self-gain. And it's not always obvious. In verses 22 and 23, we see the so-called leaders who recognize Jesus as a holy teacher and call him Lord, Lord. People who speak on God's behalf by prophesying, those who recognize and call out evil in their prayers and cast out sin, they perform acts of the supernatural. By all accounts, these people would have what some people would call successful ministries. Yet, Jesus is telling us that that is not the sole marker of someone who chooses to follow in the way of life. False prophets are people who are not looking for internal transformation. They are choosing performance over acceptance, praise over humility, to be followed over following. We are all unfortunately aware of these leaders 
these organizations and movements. They are tr trending on Twitter. Uh, they're exposed in news articles. They're in our personal past. They preach that God sees all, and while they hide, ignore, or justify abuse within their communities and blame or shun those who are abused. They speak of the unconditional love of Christ while demanding that you hide or erase who you are. They preach, do not hold anger in your heart, while also bullying and mocking people in and outside of their ministries. They point to how many people become Christian because of the work that was done, they, how many lives were supposedly changed, how financial giving has increased, and excuse habitual bad behavior. For them, the ends justify the means. They lead others to the path, to the broad path, while calling it narrow. And they do it in the name of Jesus. Jesus warns us of these people. But these leaders, organizations, and movements do not have to define our understanding of Jesus or the way that we live out our faith. We can do and be something different. We can be intentional. Maybe it's not popular, but it's holy. I also recognize that Following the narrow path may seem exclusive. Maybe you hear that as I'm talking. So there might be a question about how we can talk about an inclusive God week after week. And yet this passage says that only a few people find the road that leads to life. I don't believe that's because Jesus wants people to be left out, that only some are worthy to make it in or to be close to him. I do believe, however, you have to want to find this path and be on this path with Jesus. His message is culture shifting. We are asked to be honest and authentic with ourselves, to live out that life authentically with others in community, and to live out our lives in the ways that he's shown us. This may be too high a cost for some, but the path is available to all. Maybe, however, there are some of you who have been looking for the way that leads to life and you're burned out. You've encountered one too many wolves who have hurt you and betrayed your trust. People or communities that have lied and tried to deceive you and erase you. Or maybe trying to walk the path of Jesus has brought on questions that have led to uncertainty, and that's too much to bear. You are not alone. I am tired as well. Um, I started out in my faith walk very early on as a child, and my faith was strong. I believed in God and Son and Spirit, and Scripture and Church. I listened and I tried my best to learn from my pastors and teachers who taught me about how much God loves us and how we are to love others in the same way. I tried to learn how to forgive, to be kind and generous, 
And as I got older, I realized I really liked studying the Bible and I liked teaching other people about the Bible. I led Bible studies in college and I wrote devotionals. I found deep comfort in prayer and truly thought that I could feel the presence of God with me. I bought in. And then around 2015, 2016, and probably even earlier, I just didn't realize it yet. I began to viscerally feel our nation split apart. You can Google 2015, 2016 news headlines to, to see some of that. There was so much hurt and fear, which was leading to rage and bitterness. And this is when I was like, okay, great. Everything that I have been taught is coming into play now. We Christians are going to come together and we're going to step up. We're going to be a part of the healing process. And I was wrong. At the end of 2016, I felt completely betrayed and alone. I personally witnessed people that I considered spiritual family and leaders I deeply trusted make decisions and say things that were so harmful and so strategically damaging about different political parties and different races and genders and religions and not that one eye. I watched these people that I worshiped with and studied with and prayed with be so cruel, convinced that their words and their actions were worth it because they wholeheartedly believed that they were living in the truth and that ultimately the truth would save souls and would keep them safe. I couldn't reconcile what I had been taught with what my teachers were saying and doing. And it made me question almost everything. And to be honest, I still haven't fully recovered. I still enjoy scripture and obviously teaching, but I am far less sure of what I'm reading and what exactly I believe, which might not be a bad thing. I try to pray, but I often wonder what and how much I should say. Like, do I need to be praying for 30 minutes in a prayer closet anymore? I still love God and I still want to love like God loves. But that deep comfort and that constant presence that I once had is gone. The joy that I had has been dulled and it's just not as bright. I am angry, I am confused, and I am tired. If you are also tired from journeying, I see you and I stand with you. And in fact, you give me hope. I don't think you'd be watching today if there wasn't some part of us, you and me, that wants to experience deep transformation in our lives. Some part of us that still hopes that God will meet us in our curiosity and in our searching. And I personally, personally believe that God sees you and stands with you as well. 
if you are on the path and you are feeling strong and you're feeling full of joy and you are comforted, I celebrate you. Keep going on the path and walk alongside those of us who are weary. And if you're weary, please be kind to yourself. Ask for the, uh, for the support that you need from our community. We have support for you. And remember that the way of Jesus is always available to you. Friends, my spiritual family, I have a very simple prayer for us today. May all who are seeking life find it. Amen. Thanks for listening. If you're interested in Gather, check out our website at gatherhouston.org or visit us on Sunday at 10 a.m.